welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're exploring team dynamics of some of our favorite team books and comics. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. So team books have a lot of appeal for many reasons. I think for me, uh, the nature of character interactions is different when you have a group of superheroes working towards a goal versus one person who's just trying to keep their identity a secret and worried about getting the bad guys uh, to their loved ones and stuff like that. I think team books so easily can mix things up in the superhero genre. So, um, so what's the secret sauce for assembling an interesting team? I think a lot of times it has to do with, you know, they'll come together for a common goal and then someone suggests they stick around or they meet up again. Mm. But I also think it's, it's, it's a, it partly into the idea of, like when I think of like why bigger teams like say the Avengers or Justice League were put together in the first place was because you wanted to have all the characters in one comic. Right. Or, you know, you want to see these characters interact. You want to see them take on bigger threats. Um, I think that's one of the things that's a, a major draw. But then again, it doesn't have to be, but I think that's one of the things is just having, you know, I mean, some people would only buy the team books. They're not going to buy the individual books for different characters. Right. Right. Yeah, I think I think you said something uh, immediately that kind of went in a different direction from my notes right now okay. is, is that, um, yeah, like Justice League is conceived as an idea of like, let's get like all the A players together, mm-hmm. like like editorially. I mean, like, like, you know, we want our Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, like all the big, you know, big heroes, well-known heroes from the books that are doing well, like all in one spot. And mm-hmm. I think that you know, that was one approach at one time. Mm-hmm. And I think now just when I see like, you know, a new writer jumping on Avengers or somebody else jumping on justice league, where something you have like a, a malleable roster. Mm-hmm. It seems that like, like personalities is kind of all is kind of more driving. Like, who do I want on this team? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think about that, at least for like, as far as like Avengers, you know, barring any outside like editorial, like this character is not available for this reason or da, 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 right. But you know what I mean? I feel like that it's not so much motivated anymore by like, who are the big characters? I feel like it's a little bit more like, like, let's get so-and-so on this team because I think that they have an interesting interplay with this other character already on mm-hmm. that team, if that makes sense. It does, but I also feel like a lot of times a writer will get on a book and they'll want to do their dream roster or they want to do a you know a character that's in their book that mm-hmm. doesn't always necessarily shouldn't necessarily be in a team book. Like I think that happens okay. a lot too. Yep. The idea of, you know, well this character is great and I like to have them around, but um you know, and it might just be it might be because they, you know, they always dreamed about having this character in there or they might think that the book you know, it'll give a boost to the book that they're writing. I don't really know for sure, but sometimes I feel like mm-hmm. their characters, you know, it'll just be, oh, well, the only reason why this character is on, you know, this bigger team is because you're writing that book also. Mm. Okay. You have an example really quick without going too deep? Spider-Woman and Bendis' new Avengers. Sure, that's one. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. But, but I do have a theory about that, Clifton, because that to me is, um, there's an issue of Avengers that was one of those... Uh, roster you know like we're changing the roster again right. the avengers and pretty much every character in new avengers is on that cover from the 80s okay so i feel like bendis just looked at that cover with sure because <laughs> it's spider woman is wolverine is luke right. cage you know it's spider-man right um okay yeah it's all those characters on one cover 
I do remember in interviews him talking at the time of being uh, like, and this is funny at this point in time to think about, but he was saying, you know, a lot of the Avengers around the time that he was on Avengers disassembled towards the end of that run. Mm-hmm. He was saying that like a lot of the Avengers were basically Marvel's B list, mm-hmm. which is true at the time. Right. And I mean, he's talking about characters like, like Scarlet Witch and Vision. And now, now in, in this, in the, in the year 2022, that's, they're all household names <laughs> and they're, they're running yep. hit shows and been in big movies. Yep. They're stars so. of Emmy, of Emmy nominated <laughs> television program. Right. So it's in, in <laughs> retrospect, it's funny to hear it, but it was true at the time that the, the Avengers at the time were a lot of B list characters. Even Iron Man himself was before the 2008 film. Right. And, uh, and he was saying that like, you know, in, in DC and justice league, the, you know, by the time of, of Grant Morrison, again, that they were running, you know, their, their A-list, their super team was their A-list. And mm-hmm. so I remember him saying that he wanted his new Avengers to be that approach to be like, let's just put all our biggest hitters in there. Mm-hmm. And then Luke Cage and Spider-Woman. <laughs> but those right. were, those are characters. I think he had a pet love for Luke Cage from his run on alias. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Woman, I think, for being the inspiration for what became Jessica Jones and Alias. Right. Mm. So that's where I saw that coming from for him. Yeah, but if you, if you, we'll put it up in the, in the notes, but if you look at Avengers 221, that cover, it has, like I said, it's got, you know, at the time it was, you know, he wasn't really Luke Cage, he was Power Man. Mm-hmm. Like the first three, look at it, Spider Man, Spider-Man, and Wolverine, uh, Spider-Woman, um, and then, you know, obviously the other two were Captain America and Iron Man. So, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it was, not that I'm not that I'm faulting the fact that he did it. It's just right, one right. Of where, like immediately I was like, oh, I know that cover. I know what that, that team is made of. <laughs> it was a commercial hit. People liked it. But I found that to be strange how people said it in the beginning, because when Avengers, uh, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Hulk, when they all come out, the Avengers just comes out. Um, it's not through their own fault that they're not super popular. They're just stuck to being the Avengers. At least that's how I took it. Um, and then the breakout characters came to what be Fantastic Four, and um, maybe um, Sp- I mean definitely Spider Man. Mm-hmm. At that point, I don't think any of them wanted to interact or they had any plans to interact with those. It's not like with uh, Justice League where certain characters are already established and then they make the Justice League, you know, mm-hmm. and then it just sticks. Um, Mm-hmm. To me, it just seems weird when they added, like what you said with Bendis's run, it just who he thought was cool or whatever was popular at the time. Right. But that's that's a, that's essentially what the Justice League were, weren't they? At one point, in which mm-hmm. those characters became popular and they thrown them in. I mean, and it then took forever for Superman to come in, right? Like a year or two after they're established. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm I'm just I'm asking the question. I'm not so much establishing that that's what it was, but at least that's what I'm thinking because as far as I'm concerned. Like Scarlet Witch and uh, Quicksilver were prominent in X Men, but them to join the Avengers is still taking popular characters and throwing them in there, right? Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, it's interesting because I think you know I was thinking about team dynamic stuff and the idea that you know early on, you know, you know, there's a couple times over the years where like, and this will get I'm circling back to what you were talking about, Tommy, but just the fact that like Spider Man in his first issue tries to join the Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, which <laughs> right. I yeah, which but to me I think is the the template for for any superior team, and I get into that specifically, but I think mm-hmm. you can't do it better than the Fantastic Four and what they established because they're a tight group and they hit every mark without realizing it. But I'll, I'll discuss that a little mm. bit later. 
But I think it, it but I mean, you're talking at that point, it's because it's literally Amazing Fantasy 15 and then Spider Amazing Spider Man number one. And literally in the first issue, you know, they're, they're teasing the idea of him joining a team and then he doesn't join a team fully <laughs> until, you know, until Bendis' stuff. Like he teamed yeah. up with people, obviously, but he wasn't on a team. Yeah. Um, and they teased it before in, um, I think when Roger Stern was doing the book. Okay. So that's like in the early eighties, there's a point where it's like the two, like there's a two issue thing where they, we, you know, he's like on a probationary, you know, Thor comes to him and says, I think you'd make a good addition to the team. Okay. Um, Did he get in a membership card? Cause I remember all the characters having their Avengers membership cards. He doesn't get that far in the process. Cause it's kind <laughs> okay. of, what's weird about it is like, you know, it's, I, I, I like Roger Stern's run of Avengers, but it's very odd to me that they treat him like he's a kid and he's never, you know, I'm like at this point he's done so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's had his own book. He's had two, a couple of his own books. He's in the right. Marvel team up. And it's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, listen, son, you're on a probationary status with us, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And I'm like, he's, you know, it's not like he's 16 year old Peter Parker at that point. So, right. Um, it's not like how it is in the, in the MCU. But the other thing I, that I was, because I thought about that and then I thought of just the idea of, you know, I don't know how much after you had the initial Avengers stuff when it was, you know, when they're putting together Cap's kooky quartet of, you know, maybe they just sat around and like, wouldn't it be cool if we gave Captain America villains to work with? Mm-hmm. You know, because at that point, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are villains. Hawkeye's theoretically, right? Technically, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, right. He's a villain at that yeah, point. Black Widow, yeah, right. You know, I mean, it was more like he was, you know, he kind of like was into Black Widow and did whatever she said, <laughs> right? <laughs> so more so than he was like a capital V villain, so. Yeah. I just think it's it's one of those things where a lot of times, like, I think it's more along the lines of um, maybe it was reader response. Maybe it was just like, who can we use for the Avengers now that, like, we basically, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, I don't know much about the process at the time for those guys. Like, I'm talking about Kirby and, and Stanley when they were mm-hmm. doing Avengers, or maybe it might have been, I think maybe that by that point, it's, it's Kirby and Don Heck. I'm not really sure. But it might have just been... You know, they're looking through old issues, flipping through old comics. They're like, oh, Quicksilver and, and, and Scarlet Witch. We right. can do something with them. <laughs> right. Same thing with his Archer guy, you know. So I don't know. But I mean, because unless it was like there was an outcry from readers like, we want to see these characters more. Because, again, we're talking way before the Internet and way before, you know, there would be a chance for the, for for you know, fans really interact with them any other way. So right. not even conventions mm-hmm. happening. No right. Comic conventions even yet by then. Mm hmm. So I just think it's, it's, you know, it might've just been, you know, just the, not coincidence, but just the idea that they just needed characters for an issue and that's what they went with. And it's, you know, it stuck or it worked or whatever, but I agree with you. Like, I think Bendis is, I think spider Woman's a good example of, of Bendis. The other one that I was going to say was like, there's a lot of people that when they saw the current stuff that Bendis is doing with justice league, they're like, huh, Naomi, huh? Okay, Sure. But that's a book that Bennis writes that, you know, <laughs> right. he, he, he put the character. Yeah. 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 They, they basically, you know, she was in Young Justice for a little while and then she got graduated to, um, to being in, in the event, not Avengers, in Justice League, what am I saying? <laughs> this is, I'm going to throw this out to you guys because I'm, I'm curious what you guys think because um, it's kind of a perfect, perfect aspect because Frank, offline, you and I were talking that like, Bendis was kind of like, like I was waiting for the moment when he got justice league. Like it seemed sure. to me like that was, that, that was inevitable when he got signed by DC. It was mm-hmm. like, when is he going to get justice league? Right. Um, and then when the roster was announced, I remember being a little underwhelmed right. with it because, because it felt 
a little safe Mm -hmm. with only like one or two additions that I think it it just didn't feel like seismic. It didn't feel no. um, It didn't feel like making a whole lot of waves, which is interesting that I'm that that I'm bored with it at that point. So I'm curious what you guys think about this. I think for me, one of the cool things about the Avengers is the fact that the roster is malleable, right? Mm -hmm. And then you had different like different versions and it, it characters come in and out and become members fall out of membership and this and that and everything. And I think that that's cool that the, the, it keeps you on your toes. Something about justice league for me. And I don't know that I feel this way for any other team. Like that roster can feel incorrect to me <laughs> okay. pretty often. Right. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Sure. We're like, it's hard for me to, to, to swallow not the original seven, or at least not six of the original seven, and then the seven, whether it's going to be Aquaman or Hawkgirl or whichever version you're going to run with, right? Like, I feel like you get a little flexibility with number seven. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but if it's not, if it's not Flash, whoever the Flash is at that time, sure. and Green Lantern, whoever the Green Lantern is at that time, and Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, it feel like something about it feels weird. <laughs> I don't know. For me, for me, I got to be opposite of that only because when I started collecting DC comics, uh, my pull in was Justice League International at the time, Justice League, in which it damn near had none of them except with a less than part time Batman on the roster of that particular group. But I loved it Mm. for the comedy aspect of it. But I mean, they didn't get much done, mind you, but um, I just liked them. And to qualify the. what you call it, the um the threats that they had to deal with. Um, I guess it, I mean uh who can really qualify an extinction level event or a world defined event based upon how how they deal with it? Uh and mm. what I mean by that is it doesn't necessarily have to be a meteor or a particular or an invasion. I get that with the core seven in which by sheer strength of power and um expertise that they can take out a whole planet of 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 invaders off the world or defeat apocalypse or whatever the case may be. But if you're dealing with something supernatural or something low level or sneak attempt, you really don't come across those stories quite often, right? I mean, mm. and then to me, the Justice League basically just a a, a tight group of people. I don't have, I don't care who right. it is. It just has to be experts within their um within their particular way of fighting. I mean, to me, that's mm. why I find it weird that Naomi's on there because she's a new why would you come on and put somebody that's never done it before with that weight of um, responsibility when they could easily crumble by um, never dealing with that anymore? Other than he just right. likes that she should be added to the team. Mm-hmm. But as far as it being the core seven, I've been, I, my introduction to it shows me that it doesn't have to be them, but it mm-hmm. has to be somebody of high expertise. Like, um, like, if you're not going to have someone like Batman or someone of high level of intelligence, I'm fine with Mr. Terrific because mm-hmm. he fills that void, you know? Yeah. But it, but I, yeah, but I just don't see it as a noob. No, no, that's kind that's kind of, I mean, it's weird. Like I'm arguing myself about that because on one hand it can feel incorrect to me while at the same time, I'm not excited for Bendis's run because I don't think it made enough waves. We're like, I saw black Adam being a part of it. I'm like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Like, I think like, you know, and I thought about the formerly known as the Justice League stuff, and 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 that that was like a crux of what I was thinking too. But I do think a big part of that book is also the fact that it's not the regular team. Yeah, right. I feel I feel like it's kind of like like quasi remembered as great as it is because it's great. 
but it's it's like you guys remember that time where like they made like a hit justice league book and like none of the characters were big except batman <laughs> right are you talking yeah. are you talking wait hold on are you talking about the the gif and the Mattis stuff or are you talking about yeah. formerly known as justice league uh yeah the gif and mcguire stuff right yeah or is it That's the, the Batman guy, Gardner, Black Canary. Yes. Okay, because well, Formula Justice League yeah, yeah. is, is the is a mini series where it's like Mary Marvel and Power Girl, and it's a different group. That's why uh, I was asking. Okay, sorry, sorry, uh, conflated two things. Sorry, but <laughs> yeah, That's okay. no, 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 that, no, I just, I mean, just making sure. The, the, That's the, all. The, the Kevin McGuire stuff, Keith Giffen, okay. the Mattis, yeah, yeah. Kevin McGuire stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no. Going on with what Tommy was saying, I mean, you know, I've you know, obviously, I have an affinity for the the Big Seven, but at the same time, I mean, I read. You know, I read Justice League here and there, and then um, I was a fan of the tr- the Detroit League, which is not really a, you know, that's like Gypsy and Vibe and Vixen, <laughs> you know, right. as much as people don't like the, you know, that that time, there's some good stories there. And then when you have um, Dematis is in a lot of that book before the, the, the Giffen and Maguire stuff along with that he did, he comes in and has, you know, there's an, I think it's like Justice League of America 250, which is. The issue where Batman, like it's Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, and Green Arrow, and there's talk of like, are we going to rebuild the Justice League? And Batman's like, I'll take them under my wings. And then you have Batman, Martian Manhunter, Elongated Man, Vibe, Gypsy, Vixen, and Steel, right? That's pretty much your team. Mm. Um, I think Zatanna's in and out of there too. But, you know, and it's, it's good stuff. It's gritty. It's Luke McDonald on the art who, who ends on, goes on to do Suicide Squad. But it's great. You know, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a heavier book than before it gets to be the, the laughs, you know, that we get in the given the Matias stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I, going from that to, to that stuff, I, you know, I agree with Tommy where I'm like, yeah, it's cool to see the big seven, but it's also, you know, the idea of what happens because everything falls apart in crisis out of the Detroit league into crisis. And then they have to rebuild. And then you get the team out of legends, which is, you know, uh, like you said, Guy Gardner, Batman, Dr. Fate, Captain Marvel, um, Blue Beetle, Black Canary, mm. you know, that that team. Then I love that team too, but they're not necessarily quote unquote big seven either. So Right. I, but I do agree with the idea of, you know, I think I, I you know, um again, going back to something we've talked about before in another episode was what what Devon said, which is sometimes it feels like someone comes on a book and it's their love letter to, you know, whatever they love this like when they were twelve, of like this would be my yeah. Justice League, no matter what. <laughs> Mm. you know or this would sure. be my my yeah. avengers lineup no matter what and i think that plays into it and again i can't fault someone for wanting to do that because i have my lineups too <laughs> right you know yeah. i've just not no one's no one's handed me the ball yet and said go run with it so um but yeah i, I think it's one of those things where like I, I just i don't know if i necessarily feel like something's off but there are times where you know i look at something and i agree with you where i'm like well you know we talked about the fact that it did seem safe um mm. But I mean, that's uh, it's also on the heels of um, what they were doing with um, was it Scott Snyder was writing Justice League as well for a bit, like right before Bendis. Was he right before? I forget. Yeah, maybe. I believe he was. I know he was so, on the book for a while, but yeah, yeah. And it was one of those where it was almost it was pretty much the Justice League, um, the animated series <laughs> lineup. Yeah, pretty much. I think with Aquaman mm-hmm. thrown in. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fine, but that's the other thing about like with teams that have been running for a long time that do change and that are malleable. You know, I think we're getting back to what Tommy was saying about the Fantastic Four. I think they're a group that has changed over mm-hmm. the years. You know, whether it's a character that that stays with the team for a long time or pinch hits for a while 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 somebody else is off. You know, like you had Medusa for a while, right. you had Crystal for a while. Um, obviously, She-Hulk, there's a long, right. so long run with She Hulk. Um, yeah. 
And then you get your outliers where you have like the the team from the early, I guess early nineties, I guess, where it's like the Hulk, Spider Man, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. <laughs> right. Right. You know, the people have people have an affinity for that team that only lasted, yeah. you know, for a handful of issues here and there. Yeah. Two issues. Two issues. <laughs> Two issues. Yes. Okay. There was there was a run, um well, I guess they weren't they weren't Fantastic Four, but there were uh Clifton, there's a run that you like that's like Scott Lang's part of it, right? And Oh, the more recent, like the FF from Allred. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Allred, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which brought back she thing, sort of. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. Was it Sharon Ventura? Is that her name? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was Ms. She was Ms. Marvel that they don't ever talk about. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, she, she was. Yeah, she was. She was. <laughs> yeah. And then she became uh, Miss Thing or she thing or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah, thing with boobs, yeah. <laughs> yes. Back when Ben looked like a pineapple. <laughs> yes, yes. We did. We did a 60th anniversary of celebrating the Fantastic Four. So you guys want to hear a deep, deep dive on then on them? You can listen to that episode. But Tommy, get into it really quick. Why? Like, why does Fantastic Four work so well for you? Like, why are they stand out for you as far as team dynamics goes? Because they're a tight four. Um, they embody so many things that a team dynamic should have. That um, almost templates. If you take all these things. You can make your own team and it'd be just as tight. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, whatever team you have, there has to be an inventor slash genius. Somebody Mm -hmm. who can come up with the tech or understand the tech uh, just enough to create new things on the fly or for the next mission or even create the vehicle that they're in in order to uh, 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 keep the team together on their missions. There always has to be an inventor. Mm-hmm. on it or just slash genius like batman mm-hmm. does it for the justice league because he's like a what unlimited bank account like he can literally <laughs> <laughs> put right. together anything that exists he's got the back credit card <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah uh, whatever he needs uh he, he has access to it doesn't matter how outlandish the thing is like no one has teleporters but batman can get a teleporter for the justice mm-hmm. league. No, that type of situation um there has to be a um tank right. or a brick or somebody mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. take an insane amount of damage while they can figure out how the hell they get out of the situation uh, <laughs> right, right. if so, it becomes over the head. You know? So so far you like, listed brain and muscle. So brain yes. and muscle. Yep. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. Superman or the thing, or it depends, or sometimes it's switched up. Uh, it might be two people. It might be a Green Lantern with his, with his willpower protecting them or whatever the case may be. And then there's the, um, the stealthy person. Strong guy. Well, no. To me, He's the brick. Some- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or and then it has to be the stealthy person. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody mm-hmm. who can um, do things that you can't suspect, or you know, can sneak away and do things. Right. And then there's always the the, if I'm not mistaken, the loose cannon, the one person who goes off 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 right. off the radar. Yeah. And, and is act is able to do things uh, despite the plan or something. You know. Um, mm-hmm. What else am I missing? Right. Um, did I say the trickster or the the playful one or mm-hmm. the one that doesn't listen to anybody? Well, actually, that right. might be the loose cannon still, isn't it? <laughs> the hothead, the, wi- the yeah. wild card. Yeah, <laughs> there you because, go. That's uh, it. Because, yeah, because yeah. Johnny's a bit the wild card. Yeah, yes, but not not overly done. But then and then there's the um, is it, uh, I'm trying to think the powerhouse or the strong guy is the same person. Mm. 
Yeah, then you start getting some redundancies. Yeah. <laughs> like yes, yes. Mixing and matching, and someone can do a little of this, a little of that. But, but yeah. Yes. There's usually, if if I may, I'll jump into, I mean, there's Go usually right kind Go of ahead. like a soul of, there's usually like a soul of the team, too. Yes. Mm. yes. And I think, and I think for FF, that's Sue, for sure. Yes. Right? Like, I think, like, yeah. like, she holds that team together, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Or, and then also, of course, the leader, the de facto leader, like, no matter what. Sure. They yeah, which can sometimes be the soul of the team, depending on how they brings the team together or what makes them do right. it. Because the because I've seen like with Cyclops, the lead, the um, the lone man or the, uh, you know, the loner can also be the leader, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, there's uh, of course, I can't believe I forgot the leader, <laughs> which always butts head with the uh, the loose cannon. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that that you that you approached it from like from like a role perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say there's like you're going very close to Dungeons and Dragons party building, which I isn't say, which yeah, isn't yeah. incorrect <laughs> at all. Yeah, That's but, oh not God, incorrect at all. You're correct. Yeah, but it works <laughs> yeah. though. It, yeah. yeah, it's just wait, 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 gloms together. Like that's what mm-hmm. I see with turtles. I would I didn't suspect it, but turtles has those same dynamics, the, that core four in which somebody mm-hmm. plays a role in that in that regard. But I I don't know who's a tank though. I really don't know who's a tank. Well, Raph, Raph's <laughs> a tank. Yeah. Raph's a tank. Okay. I think, but I, I was, I was going to bring up the turtles from, from the other end of like, weirdly, I wasn't thinking like roles. I was thinking more like personalities, like, like a mix of personalities is what, is what works. And turtles is my example because it, it was quick. And I think everybody knows for like those personalities all like are so distinct. defined. Mm-hmm. They're so mm-hmm. distinct and they all just work well off of each other. Right. Like Leo's the yeah. stoic leader, right? Raph is the, is, is the, the angry uh, you know, muscle heads, right? Yeah. Like Mikey is 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 the 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 you know the, the playful one, trickster, right? Yeah, the yeah, fun yeah. one. Donnie's mm-hmm. the genius, that right? Yeah. Like and yeah. and but I but what's so cool about that is I do think that you get kind of some interesting you get some interesting mileage out of the fact too where there's not many teams I can think about like this where there's overlap in what they're all into also. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't, I'm not just talking like just like in the 80s, like they're all in the pizza, like obsessive about it. But I think that that's kind of <laughs> neat. We're like that. There's like, right. They're all into skateboarding on some level. Right. Like, <laughs> I got you, know, you, like you, yes, you yes, just see yeah. you just see this in, in moments in some of the cartoons or some of the other comics and stuff like that. Right. Where they're all into like that show that Leo's watching in the Nickelodeon series. Right. Whatever yeah. that show was at the time, if it was the space one or if it was Krognard or. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. I think that there I think that there's some fun that you can get out of that that makes it brotherly cuz that's the right yeah. that that's the that they're a family, right? They're all they're all buddies and friends, but they're also brothers and I think that that's a neat aspect of it too is that they can do they can do things together and enjoy yeah. each other's company that way when they're not fighting. But what I find out too is they're so tightly knit a group that it's stupid hard to add an addition to that group. Mm-hmm. They've tried and yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> and then, and it, I mean, I understand why they do it. Sometimes like they got to be a girl or something, mm-hmm. or some people think that with uh, Casey Jones, but it's not the same, but it's just I- incredibly hard to make an addition to that group without people saying this doesn't feel right. Or this, this doesn't sound. No, I think, I think it works really well. I agree. With you. I think, I think sometimes I think it depends on the writer and, and a little bit too, but, Clifton, you've said this. I think like the real genius, 
that Nickelodeon did when they bought Ninja Turtles was that they made April and Casey their age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they weren't just like adults hanging out with teenager, <laughs> right. teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. I think like it's never worked better to me than in those series, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it because it helps sell the teenage aspect of the turtles better too. Like you feel mm-hmm. like when they're all teenagers, like it sells that aspect of it better, I think. Yeah. Cause that gets kind of, I feel like overlooked or just not seen or ignored before without it. But yeah. They're teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, to me, it's hard to gauge it because they're not human, you know? Right. Just, right. Yeah. You know, and that's where I think, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I think too. teenage Casey and April really help in that. They can really yeah. help yeah. sell that aspect because of that. Yeah. They're definitely doing that regard. At first I was like weirded out by a uh, teenage uh, April, but mm-hmm. then it just makes a whole ton of sense as opposed yeah, yeah. to having a grown ass reporter just coming <laughs> right, to the right. suitors and just talking to a bunch of kids. Right. Career woman just hanging yeah. out with yeah. them. Yes. Yeah. Eating sewer pizza. Just weird, man. So weird. Yeah. Eating sewer pizza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think uh, I'm, I'm shocked we've gone this long and not talked about any of the X-Men really uh, right. except, except here and there. Rob Cyclops sure. and, and strong guy. <laughs> what else do you need? We touched on it a little bit earlier and then kind of drifted away, but like there is a difference between teams and teams we've hit on so far of like, you've got the all-star teams, which are the teams that were existing heroes that were popular and then put together as like mm-hmm. an all-star lineup, like justice league and Avengers. And then you've mm-hmm. got the teams that were conceived of to be teams like Fantastic Four and now X-Men ah, that you're getting into. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. it is worth seeing, like, is there like, like, is there a different approach to that? Or like, how is that different? But I think it'll come across as we talk more about like X-Men yeah. now. I think for me, one of the selling points for X-Men was, it was kind of the Spider-Man dynamic for me. Like I was into it almost more for the soap opera angles. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, this character's in love with this character, but this character, right? Like Wolverine loves Jean, but Jean's with Cyclops and right. And how's that interplay going to work? And Rogue and Gambit are into each other, but they can't touch each other. Right. Like I was, I was into that more than I was. Are they fighting Omega red this month? <laughs> right. right. Or whatever. Mm. Whereas, ah. and, and so, and, and the, and the re- reversal to that was Justice League is the complete opposite of that for me. I never have read any Justice League comic because I've wanted to see what this relationship between this character and that character is going to be. It's always been the threat in mm. Justice League. Okay. It's always been the threat. And also thinking about it, too, I want to stay with X-Men, but just really quick, thinking about it with Justice League, I, it, it was hitting me how how often it's not an evil team that the Justice League is fighting. How it's usually a singular threat that somehow the team is all working on, but we can, we can delve into that a little later on, but yeah, mm-hmm. but the, the soap opera angle was what always kind of pulled me in for X-Men. Right. No, I can see that. Mm-hmm. No, I agree there. Yeah. It was definitely the character dynamics that, that I think made that book what it was more so than threats. Like Avengers did it a little bit too. Avengers. You'd get some stuff like hanging out in the mansion scenes, which were fun. But mm. like you were, you were, you wanted them to fight Kang. You, you wanted to see like the Avengers do other stuff. Whereas, yeah, I was, I'm like with you on X-Men. Like I was really in it for the relationships and the drama and the characters. And like, if that came out when they were fighting, you know, brotherhood or whatever, then cool. But like, that's what I'm there for. I'm there for <laughs> who these characters are and what their interpersonal dynamics are. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Well, even with the Brotherhood, they always it was always with Magneto. I say that because there's the personal dynamic between him and Xavier, them being formal friends. So they never, even when the threats were personal against them, they still had a relationship towards the enemies, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, every every significant enemy of the X Men, it was weirdly twisted into some relationship that they had with the with the with the exception of Sentinels, of course. But still, yeah, right. people felt the need to make sentinels because they hated the personal hatred for mutants or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, I definitely have to agree with you. With I never thought about that with Justice League. It's always a an event that they fought, and you just you, and it'll be all about us seeing them fight the fight, as opposed to with X Men. But to me, it didn't. Mm-hmm. X Men didn't get interesting to me at least because I always hated the Core Five until X Factor came up. I thought they were like corny. I didn't care about <laughs> them. <laughs> they were just uninteresting. And so a guy with Angel with with bird wings. <laughs> you know, it just it was just right. it wasn't anything that I'd care to see mm-hmm. until they became all new and all different. Until they, they gave you the right. same lineup but different. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Clarify that really quick, just in case people don't know the original X Factor. Okay, here. well like what, sure. like what like what you guys are talking about. Well, at one point the original X-Men consisted of Beast, Marvel Girl, Cyclops, Angel. I'm missing somebody. Iceman. Iceman. And and for a long time that was that were the X Men with an occasional right. appearance of Yeah, those of, those were the core Kirby mm-hmm. Kirby Stan Lee creations in the sixties. Yes. yes. Until they came across Krakoa. Mm-hmm. In, in which it changed the dynamics of the team and caused everyone to leave except for Cyclops. And then the new roster consisted of um uh, help me out, Frank. Uh <laughs> Banshee. Uh, the new Uncanny at, at the time yes, of Uncanny, Uncanny X-Men, Giant Size X-Men number one. Yeah. Um, Banshee. Sunfire, Storm, mm-hmm. Colossus, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, yes. Cyclops, Thunderbird. And Thunderbird. Yeah. Yes. Briefly. Poor, oh, poor, <laughs> briefly. Poor, poor Thunderbird. Yeah. Yes. Poor, poor Thunderbird. That's right. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, uh, but, but it was vastly different from what came across it. And yes. it pushed the diversity and their personal issues forward as opposed to uh working as a tighter dynamic group which came over time but it just changed the uh overall feel of the book as opposed to the villain of the week like it was before is that right and then jump to x factor right yes oh and then x factor was a uh a callback to those uh, when cyclops left hmm. uh, finally leaves the x-men he ends up making the same <laughs> which i didn't notice like later which is so funny he just brings back his old team together and and well actually when Cyclops realizes uh, a former teammate who he thought was dead resurfaces, <laughs> he gets the Spoilers. old band back together. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and creates the same group under a different name. Mm. Yes. Yes. And then you liked them that time. Yeah. So the original f- the original five, the original five created as the initial run of X Factor. Yes, which I'm just I'm just saying that just in case just in case listeners don't know that because because certainly when I got into X Men I found that out backwards, mm-hmm. right? I oh, was really? into it yeah, in the yeah, '90s yeah. when X Factor yeah. when X Factor was Havoc and Polaris and Strong Guy and Will Spain and I was like, what? There was a version of X Factor that was the original five? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. They were there. There was talk at one point of not having that dead character back, and they were going to try to put the, the four of them together, and it didn't. It, they they're like, no. Shooter that's was like, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, that's dumb. if I remember correctly, he was the one who was like, "No, you have to have 
If you're going to do the original five, do the original five. I feel like it was going to be Dazzler in there instead. You're right. No, you're yeah, absolutely you're right. right. You're right. No, you're that's right. right. <laughs> I believe, yeah, that was in you're Marvel right. Age. There was talk of her having her in there instead. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Um, that would have been interesting. But what I was going to say is like the original X-Men like had its fair share of angst because they're teenagers, right? And, okay. and then there's the whole, you know, the world that fears and hates them angle. But I feel like Claremont does such a better job of like saying, you know, these characters in all new, all different, um, as you're getting to know those characters does a better job of making you feel like it's, you know, does a better job with the, with the soap opera stuff of it versus when you go back and look at, I mean, maybe it's just the way it's told because there's so much in the word balloon stuff in the early you know, Lee and Kirby X-Men where it's all just like, I want to be with Gene. I want, you know, I, you know, you know, that whole thing of like, and that's Cyclops. And then, you know, the fact that they're just, you know, so Beast is using 18, you know, syllable words for everything. And, <laughs> but I think, I think Claremont does a better job of it in that. But what I was going to say about when we're talking about to just real quick, get it back to Justice League was the idea that I never got the feeling before the Giffen DiMattia stuff that those characters hung out, hung, I mean, you don't really get the feeling that they hang out, hang together outside of, being in the Justice League. And I always felt like the Justice League is like when you, that, that trouble alert goes off, it's like the end of the world, right? You're right. stepping on the tra- the teleporter pad right. and you're going to do your thing. And then, you know, you have your meeting or whatever, your debrief, and then you go back to your individual books and or lives. Right. But you weren't like having barbecues together. And that changes with <laughs> Giffen and D-Matisse right. where right, you right. do. Like yeah. they hang together at yeah. a costume. You know, it's not so, you know, people know each other, you know, like it's, it's, it's definitely a different you know, a different feeling after that, I think for that book, right. Because yeah. before that, I think it is kind of like, it's not necessarily a job so much as it is just, you have, you know, y- your superheroes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I know like there's the issues like with Ray Palmer getting married to Gene Loring where that yeah. like you have like every female member of the justice league being bridesmaids for some reason, <laughs> like Gene doesn't have any friends, I guess right. outside of, you know, knowing people through Ray, I guess, but her fiance's work friends. Right, right, exactly, Clifton, right. She has no real friends of her own. I mean, it explains later why she goes, you know, you know what she does, what she does. Right, it doesn't work out, a, but yeah. No, that's a whole nother spoiler. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that that's, you know, and even so, like, when when Morrison puts the Big Seven, quote unquote, back together, um, well, granted, it's not Barry and Hal, it's it's Wally and Kyle, um, you know, there is much more of it. I feel like, you know, there is, I don't know, maybe it's the, maybe it's just the writer. But I think there's there's definitely more of a feel of it being a team that some of them hang out together and do stuff. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. like there's a good, you know, there's a great scene where um, you know, where where um Wally and Wally and, and Kyle are talking about you don't want to, you know, basically they're saying to each other or Wally says to Kyle, you know, you wanna you wanna know scary, have Batman tell his Joker stories. Um right. you know, and then that feeling of where it's not quite Giffen de Matisse, but there's still like a definitely a different vibe than before where it was like, you know. Sure thing, old chum. We're gonna hang out and and fight, you know, the key, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go yeah. back to like Metropolis. You're gonna go right. back to Central it's City. Not, right. It's not business all the time. Right. No. Right. But for, before yeah. I say for what what I liked about Giffen de Matias is when they did that book, um, it gave you uh, X Men vibes in which yeah we'll fight together, but I don't like you or you're or you're or, or, sure. or you're not oh yeah, yeah. yeah. or or you're mm. not up to snuff or. You need to do more. You need to watch your mouth. Or you, it, it was just, it was more interconflict between one another that mm-hmm. we've never seen before with the Justice League, which made it even funnier. Mm. The simple fact that you have Batman punch out a League member just to True. shut him up, despite the fact that he, <laughs> like he didn't right. even think about it, he didn't need him is just absurd. But right. it's funny nonetheless. 
Nobody's mind controlled fighting each other where that happens all the time in the seventies and eighties. Yes. The only thing I was going to say was like you had, they try, it's weird because you have like the hard traveling hero stuff with Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams with green air and green lantern going around the country. Okay. And you know, and, uh, and Ollie's a liberal and how supposed to be conservative. But when in the justice league, you don't have that dynamic. It's Hawkman and green arrow <laughs> where they don't really get along. Cause Hawkman's supposed to be the law. You know, he's like, he's like a space policeman. Right. And then right. Ollie's a liberal and they don't really, you know, they're not supposed to get it. Get, they basically have two different ways of looking at things and they argue, but it's not, it's definitely not, they're not coming to blows. They're not punching each other. It's not like guy and Batman. Okay. Right. And it also wasn't universal that everyone, no, not everyone thought, you know, that green arrow was right. Or no one thought everyone universally thought guy was a prick Yeah. <laughs> at that point. You know, no one really, you know, they're like, we're kind of like stuck with this Green Lantern. This is what we have. So, <laughs> but I agree. That's a definitely a different, again, they did a different thing by making it. It's very much the idea of, you know, they even, I've seen it, seen in interviews and stuff, the idea of like, you know, these are people that wear costumes and do superhero stuff, but they're still people. Right. Yeah. But, but that, but I think if I can, if I can put words in your mouth, Frank, but that comes up because you're there because of the threat. Right. And it just, it, right. Like what we were saying. Yep. And then it's, and then, and, and, oh, you get that side stuff, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Right, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be sophomoric about it. Who was sleeping with who in X-Men was very much of interest to me. Okay. Right. Sure. I don't really care about that in Justice League. Right. But you until, don't get until, until you make me, until you make me care about it. Right. right. You don't get well, until I'm yeah. there. Right. Until I'm, I'm there for something. else, I'll, I'll go to the show really quick, but I'm there for something else because I'm into the show. But you have John Stewart and Hawkgirl together and I am interested in that. You've made me interested in that. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not that, that, that didn't that that's not why I was there. Whereas like that, yeah, because, that's why I was there for X-Men. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, I say I think Morrison brings back the whole soldier aspect of Justice League in which you see them fight the fight and not live the life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I liked about that's what made. Uh, the cartoon's so interesting, like what you said earlier with John Stewart and Hawkgirl. I mean, first you're like, you don't care, but the fact that they they showed the developing tension between them and the trust evolved made it even more interesting and more dynamic yeah. between what they came across and came to do. But it just gets weird with Just League action when you have um, Wonder Woman and Superman on a date together. That's just it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't it just doesn't work. It's a good episode it, though. It's, it's a great, a great episode, episode, but but yeah. The, it, it yeah, but the date no no. It doesn't. It doesn't mm. work. I mean, they even teased it with Becker and Wonder Woman, but the tease was far better than what the, them. It's like almost they think about it, but like, nah, it doesn't work, and they just let it go to the wayside. There's a team I'm. I'm gonna just throw out there really quick, and we and we don't really have to spend a whole lot of time on it because we couldn't really. I think if we tried, but Young Heroes in Love, <laughs> which was which was a very um. It was a very, very uh, short-lived DC series in the 90s. It was done mm-hmm. kind of in like a, the quasi-animated style. But, I mean, it's right there in the name, right? Like that entire book, the selling point for me was the soap opera, like like sure. this person's in love with that person, this person. And it was all new characters. And you would think you would think that it was just kind of like its own thing. And then, and then like I, I read the whole run last year and I'm reading, I'm like, Oh wow. Like this is actually in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Like they meet Superman in issue three, <laughs> but it's all like new characters. It's not made up of like, like just like lower known, like lesser known DC characters. It's like, you know, character like I'll, I'll, I'll read off some of the names like hard drive off ramp, monster girl, bonfire, 
Thunderhead, right? Like these are all new characters and I just bring it up just to sort of like reinforce that some, sometimes the soap opera gets me. Mm -hmm. And in that, and in that, in that uh, name, I think, I think CW should very much look at young heroes and love to do as a show. Sure. (laughs) Because I because th- I think it has everything that they're looking for. <laughs> well, that or HBO Max. I think HBO Max is a better you know, home yeah. <laughs> for it. <laughs> right. But no, I was you know I was thinking about t- Team Dynamics, and one of the ones that jumped out at me was was Doom Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, I'm surprised I got this far into this without talking about them. Right. Because they are they are uh, you know personal favorite. Um, it's it's definitely one of the first places I remember. I mean, you get some of it with the Fantastic Four, but really, it's just Ben. Ben's the only one that feels like because of the way he, you know, the way he looks and the way he ends up that I don't feel like any of the other team members feel like they're experiencing any kind of trauma because of what happened to them. Mm-hmm. They all mm-hmm. kind of like adjust pretty quickly to their roles. Whereas Ben is always constantly the one that's like, God, this sucks. Right. Um, whereas the doom patrol is constantly, geez, this sucks. Right. <laughs> about- it's, it's like all body <laughs> horror with the doom patrol. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, but I mean, I think it's also the idea, like, Along with the fact that it's the body horror cliff, it is the fact that the name of the group is the Doom Patrol. <laughs> like, right. yeah. you know, it's it's not it's not bad enough that, all, you know, these things happen to you. And yes, you're going to go try and, you know, save the world from, you know, Gargax or the animal visual mineral man or, you know, whoever more general Immortus or whoever it is this week, you know, this month that you're doing this. But it's also just the feeling of, you know, that book, I think, is is is. You know, it's it's all coming together in this thing of you know, like this shared trauma between these characters that I don't think gets talked about enough for that team because I feel like you know yeah mm. we get some of that obviously if you've seen like the show um, I was about to say that's exactly what I was about to say the show, <laughs> the show that's does what they the show, lead with it yeah the show yeah but heavily leads into that but you know it's one of those things where that that team specifically I'm always like you know and again it's 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 it, for the time especially because they're like mid uh, when are they early what, the 60s show or the team the yeah team. early 60s i want to say early 60s. 60s the comic was created okay. like very close to when x-men premiered very close okay okay so, early so it's 60s. Right yeah so yeah it's one of those things where the, like again that's just an aspect of it like again i mean you again you get some of that in, in later stuff with it with with the x-men where like if you have a mutation that you can't pass by you know you can't you're not able to pass as quote-unquote human there's a lot of that. Like Nightcrawler has some of that mm-hmm. with the image inducer stuff and that kind of thing. And then the further we've gone on, I know like with a lot of like, you know, as more and more mutant teens are created, a lot of them don't have, you know, aren't, don't look like they're not Cyclops. They just can't put on a pair of sunglasses and walk around like, yeah, hey, I just wear sunglasses all the time. <laughs> right. You know, I have, a, you know, I don't look, again, I don't look quote unquote. The only place I look like I fit in is on Xavier's campus and that's it, you know, right. but. Yeah, Doom Patrol is definitely one of those teams that I'm like, just from a team dynamic standpoint, just from the name as well as what they, you know, what they've gone through to get there is, you know, is one of those things where I think as a team is just unique, you know, as unique as, as they are as a team. So, yeah, but I, I, here's what I, that I did also think about what I was going to, I would pose to the rest of you is what about those teams that you look at and you're like, I don't understand why this team is together at all, but I like them a whole lot. <laughs> okay. Example. I love the champions. Like the first, the original champions okay. from Marvel. Like mm-hmm. I don't get why Hercules, Black Widow, um, Ghost Rider, <laughs> Angel, and, right. and and Iceman are together as a team. Yeah, but there's mm. something about that team as a visual. I just, I mean, I love it. I love that group together. I wish they still had a book. Right, I'd still buy it. Um, 
but yeah, I don't get him. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it's even mm-hmm. a joke in like I think it's even a joke in um, Fractions Hawkeye where someone's like where they're driving along in the car and and I think Kate hey, Bishop's like, hey, look, as a distraction. Hey, look, it's like it names all those characters. <laughs> <laughs> and the person's like, what? And then you know they get punched or they get hit by an arrow or something. Right. Because they're on the West Coast. That was the other thing, is they were the, one of those early West Coast California teams. Yeah. So. I had the same feeling with the Defenders, too, for another Marvel mm-hmm. team at the same time. Because yeah. I guess, yeah. you know, they were like, we got all these characters in Avengers. Let's make more super teams. And who, <laughs> who's left? <laughs> who mm-hmm. can we put together? So you end up getting, what is it, like Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. Valkyrie and Beast? and <laughs> Well, early, I mean, early on, it's like Namor and, and, and Hulk. Namor, yeah. And and Doctor Strange, yeah, and then like Silver Surfer sometimes, <laughs> right? And then Valkyrie is another one, and then yeah. Nighthawk, right, right, who is supposed to be like a, a an other dimensional villain at one point, like a Batman type villain, mm-hmm. but ends up being not a villain on our their Earth, yeah. um, Hellcat. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's where I was introduced to Hellcat, who I still love. So yeah, that's I had the same feeling on them. Pat's teenage model, Patsy Walker, whatever right. she was. Yeah. yeah she's from uh, the Millie, the model comic. She was a supporting character. Go. Yeah. So, and then occasionally you had like Luke Cage's, you know, drops in every once in a while. Damien Hellstorm, the you know, mm-hmm. son of Satan is yeah. another character that was in and out of that it's book. It's a weird lineup, but I was, I, I was excited about it when I would find those back issues. Mm-hmm. But again, later on, it is Iceman, Beast and Angel. Yeah. Um, Valkyrie and then the gargoyle character. <laughs> right. Again, written written by Diamantis. He writes a lot of those books towards the end. Okay. I don't know that I have a lot a lot of characters that I'm like, why are they together? But I love it. I don't know that I mean I haven't had enough time to think about it, but one of you brought up the fact that the nineties it was yeah, it was Hulk, Spider Man, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider, which like, yeah, like ten year old Zach. <laughs> love that. Right. As I think every ten year old at that time, which was like which is weird, like, like kind of bringing it full circle, I think. What's interesting to me is that Justice League's roster being the A players, like it never changes over time to be like, like, like it, it's, it's never like math in that way. We're like, like this book's not selling well, so not an A player anymore. So let's bring them up. Whereas I think mm-hmm. of that, that team, that Marvel team that I thought of, we're like, had you done the, like, had, had you thought up the Avengers as a concept for the first time in the nineties, mm-hmm. it would have been those four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. like and venom right <laughs> right right yeah you know i mean like you get like there was at one point even going further clifton you remember secret defenders right yeah but only vaguely. where it was dr strange basically putting together like you know a team of random characters like basically he would flip i think he flipped over like tarot cards that represented <laughs> different characters <laughs> okay I'm not, if i'm remembering correctly right. it was not a very good book but yeah. it was you know it was the idea of he was almost like it was almost like charlie's angels with with Dr. Strange being Charlie. Okay. But yeah, it was random. So it was supposed to be like a, a team up every, you know, the team was supposed to change every couple issues, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it didn't last very long. Well, the team that comes to mind that you bring that up, Frank is suicide squad. Yeah. If I'm on, if I'm being honest, like I, I, I can't wait uh, to me. I was like, why isn't the joke on here? If nothing else, just to get his head blown off. I mean, it just, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just certain people like, no, we'll keep going with these same roster of criminals, even though we have like how many in Bell Reeve or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. But it's just mm-hmm. like these are together. Why exactly? And and they're listening. These people are listening. You know, it's just it, it to me. That's one that should have rotated a lot more than than what it should have, as, as opposed to mm-hmm. what we were getting. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the Tommy, I mean, I was, you, yeah. 
you set me up beautifully because I was going to ask, <laughs> what about villain team dynamics? <laughs> and how does that how does that flip? What goes into it? What's the thought process of who would make good villainy? Like uh, uh, to me, the best villainy team is the Legion of Doom. I grew up on him. Mm-hmm. The skull head in the um, swamp. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right, <laughs> they yeah, had the, the Darth best Vader helmet. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, but to me, that the, the villainy team up was just who's the worst of the worst for the bad for the good guys. I don't think it ever came into yeah. any dynamic. They didn't have to like each other. They just had. They were you know just unified with their pure hatred of the hero. I think for for me, I think that especially for like like characters like Spider Man. Right. Where it's not a team versus an evil team, like the mm-hmm. mere version of, of the Avengers or the Justice League or the X-Men or whatever. Um, I think I'm thinking like Sinister Six and stuff like that. I think the appeal there is like just the numbers game. It's like like these characters all give Spider-Man like trouble on their own. And now there's six of them together. Right. And what do you what, yeah. like? How is he going to beat them? Right. Like Superman, two is 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 is, I think, completely like predicated on that. There's three people that have his powers now like just yeah like that alone like how's he get, like they're just gonna like they're just gonna pummel him they're just gonna yeah, pile up the him, floor right? mm-hmm. i think i think that that's kind of uh it, one of the interesting dynamics there too but i think i, I think there's also like the, there's a balancing act with villain dynamics i think because you need you need the number to be a threat but the power level can't be so high that it's that that the obstacle is like completely insurmountable. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And so I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, I think this is why we get the trope of like the bad guys can never get along with each other and that their undoing is almost always something internal rather than right. That, that the hero can kind of capitalize on because I think it saves the bad guys to still be like powerful enough that when Electro shows up by himself, he's, you know, like he's still credible. Mm-hmm right yeah like you know if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah the team up is always doomed to fail because intently they just can't get along yeah 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 because villains have no people skills yeah, yeah of course exactly yeah. never they never do <laughs> they never do of course of course that's the thing that i i do i do want somebody to do to do that somewhere like like where's the villain team that can actually like get along mm-hmm. uh right well, and like and what are they capable of it's funny you should bring that up because right now one of the current and I know you're not into anime, but one of the current mm. animes that are the most popular right now deals with just that idea alone in which you have a super villain team that's unified in knowing that heroes aren't good or at least aren't as good as what they think they are. And with that unification, there's camaraderie and even love between them to the point that they would die for one another. Um, it's predicated with is this a thought the Mark that Mark Millar anime no. or is this My Hero Academia? My Hero Academia. Um, is it? Oh, yeah. It's Tommy, basically. Tommy, we're gonna offline. We're gonna offline <laughs> about this because I think I think I think you can get me to 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 watch My Hero Academia. I think you can sell sell it sell it to me. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. But, but go on. But it's a slow burn, and what and and what they create is the idea that this villainy, this group of villainy, are created by heroes that fell short of being heroic. Mm-hmm. It's like six degrees of that. Let's say uh, you think you can grow up to be a hero and then you come, it's almost similar to um, Syndrome from um, The Incredibles mm-hmm. in which he started out with the dream of being a hero, but when actually tasked to become a hero, he's, he's shunned by said hero 
And that hatred is so fierce that it makes the most worst villain you can imagine. That's what the group is made of in different ways. And they're all touched by a hero that just wasn't heroic when they needed to be. And with that ideology, they form a group, all banded around the strongest member or their, the person with the most hatred as a result of it. And that's their supervillain group. Hmm. I'm intrigued. And I'm being very vague because mm-hmm. if I get to details, you'll see the plot twist when it occurs. Okay. Because they don't put it out initially. It's sort of like a a, a, a buildup towards it. It's almost, a, it's almost an important more buildup to the superhero team that that develops because it's more um there are more stakes and uh and it's like you know the evil villain story like uh doom but just more detailed frank Mm -hmm. like it's gonna take more than a bomb in the face (laughs) (laughs) to make you a villain it's gonna be something as a child that occurred and how you're raised or certain levels of abuse that was carried out to make you a villain you know hurt people hurt people that type of ideology that is pushed across in order to make you a, a real villain. I'm not like I'm trying to rob a bank villain. It's like, no, I want right. you and everyone who thinks like you to to fall from the face of the earth, and I'm willing to do anything to make sure that never happens to, you know, anyone else. You know, you're the hero of your own story type of imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But de- definitely my hero academia comes under that. I'm sure there's a, a book out there right now that definitely has that uh, uh, premise because, um, it's certainly not, um, I, uh, you know, not original in its sense, but it just takes hold in just the best told fashion in that particular anime or manga that's coming out now. When I was thinking bad guy teams, uh, like a lot of it was X Men. It, it, it okay. hit me. I was actually kind of struck by it, but it, but it's it's obvious when you think about. It. I'm like, well, they're a team, so like, there's just a lot of people, so you need a lot of people for them to fight, and it just it just makes sense, but. The the two that kind of stuck out to me that that I I have kind of an appreciation for upon thinking about it was one was the acolytes, okay, right, and I I like what that team does to Magneto as a progression, right? We're like you have Magneto starting off as the the Brotherhood and they're kind of like the the antithesis to the, to the X Men, right? Right to them, they're the mirror X Men, but they're kind of ragtag. You know what I mean? They they feel like that. And I think that it's kind of neat that Magneto gets to a point where he has like he has like followers, <laughs> right? Like people that dress in him is in his image, right? That follow mm-hmm. his motif and they follow his every whim because he's gotten he just has this this this, you know, this this draw as a leader, right? And as a figure into the in in the mutant uh, community. And I just think like that's kind of interesting what it does to Magneto. And then the other was the four horsemen with apocalypse in, in so far that like, like Tommy, like you were saying, like, it's so role driven, like you have the death, famine, pestilence, right? War. Yeah. Just as a role in a, in a sense, but like, but you have, there's kind of a fun thing where like different people can play those roles depending on what you want to do with the character. Right. Cause there, there's like, there was a point where like Wolverine was like one of the horsemen or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For the like, war or something. <laughs> yeah. Know, and I think that that's kind of neat, too. No, well, it's funny you should bring that up because that's why I like the Reavers, because they were all based upon people that uh, Wolverine messed up or they had a, a, a I hate you, Wolverine. <laughs> and, and I'm taking these cybernetic enhancements to make sure I kill you, Wolverine. Um, mm, okay. no, I could, yeah, I could definitely I definitely remember that as to uh, 
how they came across. That's um, that's my appreciation for the Superman Revenge Squad, which yes, man, yes. I love. Yes, I love the Superman Revenge Squad. <laughs> yeah, I know. I forgot about them. All right, so we're gonna end up on um, like what, like who's a character that we want to see as an addition to a team that we think would would make for interesting character interactions, would make for interesting team dynamics. Um, but first, if you like the show, you could check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like us, subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, if you have any topic suggestions for us, you can send them our way on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. All right. So we'll get into that. But first, I want to take a quick sidebar in costumes, because, Tommy, you brought up X-Factor. And X-Factor, to me, the original X-Factor, when they all mm-hmm. had the, the X's. Yes. I just want to talk costumes really quick. I want, I'm just curious what you guys think about, like, do you guys, do, is it a necessity that they all have to, like, look in the same family? That they all have to have, like, a visual similarity or not? Not. And it's not necessary, but I mean, it's a character, like, that's another level of character. So if they do, like, it reads something about character, and if they don't, that reads a different thing about character. So, I mean, I take mm-hmm. it both ways. I don't have a preference, but as long as it works for them. <laughs> So okay. some of them I might say, like to have a uniform and some of them I'm like, yeah, just wear whatever you're wearing. Marvel. <laughs> right. To me, Marvel likes to do it while DC doesn't. Mm. DC keeps their uniforms the same, like wherever the individuality they have, they have. Mm. Right. But Marvel, mm. X-Men has to have an X. Fantastic Four right. has to have a four. I would say the closest you get at DC is you have the Legion with L's on their bu- uh, like belt buckle. Right. Or yeah. the rings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or the rings, but that's about it. Or, or or the um, Green Lantern Corps. Right, yeah, Green Lantern you know. Corps all is uniform. But they're a core. Yeah, they're, yeah exactly. They're, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like, right. It's, like I, it's like I don't want it for Justice League. I like it that it's just their costumes, unless it's the Justice Lords or something. But that's mm, a different uh, team entirely. I think I, I can... I can Go back and forth with X-Men. We're like, I like, I like that they're all kind of doing their own thing, but I also kind of appreciate it when there's, when there's a a cohesion that's there like batman but i liked it but but it also but it leaves enough flexibility that the costume can be changed up just to to accommodate that character's ability Mm -hmm. or something right like you know so so i like that the that there's sort of a unifying motif but angels is a little bit different because he has wings and so his costume is sort of evolved into this and banshees has you know like like you know, the semicircle flaps under his, <laughs> under his arms. Right. And right. Cyclops has the visor, obviously. And st- like, I, I, I think that there's a, a fun thing to do with that. And, and just, you know, along those lines, X factor was one of my favorite versions of it. I think X-Men, like depending on when, when you're, if you're doing X-Men as like the teenagers, like kids in the school, mm-hmm. the idea that it's not done more of a school uniform doesn't <laughs> make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's like I think that's like a slam dunk. That's an easy thing to do. Like right. you know, they're kids in school. We all wear uniforms, right? So we all have an X of some kind. <laughs> We've um, got the the class outfit and the gym outfit. Yes, right. exactly, <laughs> right? Precisely, okay. Clifton. You've got it. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me, and I don't understand why it's not something right. that's just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So if you look at it that way from the original X Men, that they, they all have the yellow blue, you know, costumes you know, mm. or versions of it. And then I think it's around the time of the Neil Adams stuff that they're allowed to like, Jean gets her classic Marvel girl, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, green costume right. and then, you know, all that stuff. Mm. But, um, cause I think Angel at that point is wearing that God off. I think it's red and purple. I think it doesn't look right <laughs> at all. Yeah, suspenders. 
Yeah, <laughs> not a very good look for old right. for old Warren Worthington the third. But um, yeah, I just think that's that, uh, I like you know I like I said Legion's the one where they didn't really they had the rings for the longest time, and then I think it's around um early nineties around zero hour when they had that group of Legionnaires where they they rolled them back to being kids or teenagers. That's where you start to get the like the big you know gold or yellow L on their belt buckles, and then um, again it makes sense they're kind of like you know they're they're a team and they're basically. You know, they celebrate the individuality by celebrating the individual powers of the kids from the different worlds. But at the same time, they wanted people to know, obviously, they're part of the Legion. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, like some groups lend itself better than others. I think Fantastic Four, it's always good to have, you know, some kind of costuming for everyone that indicates, you know, with a four on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, Fantastic Four, I think, needs to have it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it's part of the, you know, part of the dynamic, part of their thing since the beginning. So. Yeah, you know, I don't think you need Avengers having you know like that's something they added to I think it's Age of Ultron where they have the, everyone yeah. had some sort of small A on their costume. Yeah, I I didn't mind that. I think uh, as as much as I like the time travel aspects of of Endgame and everything, but mm. more, when they're all in that red and white thing, they're kind of hard to tell apart. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm. But so anyway, so all right, so let's start closing out. So okay, so who right. do you want to see as an addition to what team? And for what reason? Okay, Frank, you want to start since since sure. you kicked this off? Yeah, of course. I've got mine, and it was one of the things where it's 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 a more recent thought, and I'm and I'm just finding myself having more respect for the character than I have ever had before. Um, I've been reading Dazzler. Okay, <laughs> what? And okay. it's one of those things where, well, I mean, it's one of those things where that like they introduce her in, in Canny, and she helps with the first very you know the first time they run in the Hellfire Club, mm-hmm. and she's play, portrayed as very competent. It's one of those things where like when the first like ten issues of her book, she deals with uh, like Doom, the Enchantress, and Terex, the Tamer, you know, and she has a thing with Galactus, and I'm like, okay, so you basically set her up that she's not, and it's not like ridiculous the setups they give her because she obviously struggles. Um, she has a run with like a two issue running with the Hulk that that's done very well. Um, I think if they had, if they had put her on a team, if they had put her in the Avengers and played out the idea, cause the Avengers don't really deal with, even I think when, when, when Wanda and Pietro are part of the team, they don't really deal so much with, uh, the, the world hates and, and, and doesn't trust mutants. Like it doesn't come up until later. Mm-hmm. Like you get red, I think it's kind of retconned in, but I think if she had had more of a push and they had put her on the team, even if like. Like if she gone like, and I'm not saying like the roller skates, the roller skates are, you know, it's, it's a goofy disco, you know, era thing. But I think if they had put her on the team around the time of, um, when she's wearing the headband mm-hmm. and, you know, has really? a costume change. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the okay. Outback, okay. The Outback. Yes. I, well, it might be I a little have, before that, okay. but, but it, it's around the time that she gets outed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those okay. things where mm-hmm. if she had, you know, I think the, the Marvel universe would have been a different place had you had a team member who was a mutant who gets outed while she's part of this, you know, a team that saves the world regularly. Things might've been different in a lot of those books. I'm just saying it's an interesting dynamic that I would have liked to have seen. I wouldn't mind seeing her on a team now. So. Well, uh, in my, okay. That's an interesting choice. Thank you. That you'd want. Mm-hmm. But to me, the only reason, the only cool reason why choice, I would, you sold me, I, that didn't sell me only because <laughs> okay. we, as far as mute, as far yeah, I am a naysayer, but yes, uh, <laughs> I, I met you. Yes, you have. Quicksilver <laughs> and Scarlet Witch were mutants. So were. the mutant aspect is is already there. But as far as her powers go, X-Men play it up, but this chick is really weak. I wish they do more with her light manipulation. They do. Because they do in her own book. They do in her own book. 
They do. Uh, that, that's, that's the thing I found. Like I was like, okay. that's what I'm saying. I have a brand new respect for the character. I was like, I, I never knew this stuff. Because essentially, as I remember, her powers were she changed sound to light, correct? So she can make a room totally silent if she wanted to. I wish she could retract light. And mm-hmm. to me, she's basically just a laser gun at that point. Is that, mm-hmm. I mean, they, she they, isn't, wait, she wait. Isn't. I'm saying, I'm not saying that she doesn't have the potential to be more, but mm-hmm. ultimately, they just use her as just being the chick with the laser gun, you know? Right. And, no, and, I it agree. Was, mm-hmm. and it was very simplistic in its um application that's why i never saw the potential on a, an mm-hmm. avengers level at least but go right. ahead that's what but no this was i never really i mean up until i started reading this book i never really felt that way about her either and then i was like oh okay but no the thing that's funny that you say that about quicksilver and and wanda and scarlet witch is the fact that <laughs> they play they play a lot more of quicksilver's bigotry Maybe. up more than <laughs> more oh, than hugely. anything else yeah hugely because it was like that that point is like i don't want you with the with this robot I'm not going to accept you yes. being with this with this mechanical man. How dare you? Yeah. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's my choice. Dazzler and the Avengers. Okay. And the, ah, in the Dazzler cool. book you're talking about is her run from like early 80s, like 81. That, yeah. That run. Okay, cool. That run. Disco. Amazing covers in that run. Oh, yeah. there's some gorgeous stuff. I fell, yeah, yeah. I fell, I fell through a re- I fell into a recent internet hole just looking at like some of the Sienkiewicz covers. Yeah, mm-hmm. from that they're yeah, beautiful. They're, they're wonderful. Yeah, that's the later half of the series. Yeah, yeah, really nice stuff. All right, who wants to go next? Tommy Clifton. I'll go just because I I can't think of anything. <laughs> and and my thing is, <laughs> I was just saying something that I'm gonna go against what I said, okay. and that what's mm-hmm. what's the girl that turned out to be Shredder's um, daughter. Cry. Oh, she should have been on the. She should have been on the turtles. That's it. Okay. Not not April. Her. That's all. I would like to see a um, Fantastic Four kind of version, right? Like the alternate Fantastic Four kind of version, the, the FF that you were saying, Clifton. I want to see a version of Ninja Turtles like that. That's like mm. Karai in April. Like oh yeah, and, <laughs> it's just like know, the four non turtles on the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Teenage mutant. Ninja. Teenage. Teenage, teenage ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, teenagers. teenagers. Yeah, teenagers, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. It'd be fun. They do have good supporting characters in Turtles. I'd like to see yeah, them put do, together. Actually. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So what I came up with, unfortunately, I found out was a thing recently. Oh. I was just, I'm behind on comics, so, because <laughs> I read a lot digitally, so it takes a while for me to figure out what's out there. Mm. But, it, like, the one I was thinking was to have Jason Todd on Suicide Squad, Red Hood on Suicide Squad, <laughs> yeah. because I was yeah. like, they need yeah, a Batman on Suicide. Like, if you really, yeah, if you really want like, a good Suicide yeah. Squad team, you need a Batman. And like, who better yeah. to be a, their Batman than the one trained by Batman, who is oftentimes a villain? Yeah. And then I found out they did that last year, I think, in a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I was behind on that one. I can't wait to yeah. read it. Also, though, <laughs> yeah. Clifton, I can't yeah. wait to read. I'm with you. I think it's. I think it's so cool. Yeah, it is a great idea. You see what they're doing now? Yeah, Task Force something. It's okay. not X and Z. Task Force Z mm-hmm. is a is a playoff of it. There was kind of another one too, where like there there was a there was a a, a thing that uh, Alex Maleev was doing the art for that was Jason Todd and a crew like. Like going after the Joker. Okay. Like the mission was to go kill no, the Joker. No, that's that's the one. Task Force Z. Okay. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Is that? I I'm thought on, that was a different book. Okay. Again, I, if if it's a different book, I'm not sure. 
but mm-hmm. it's very similar. <laughs> it's a very similar um, plots. That sounds cool, though. But apart from that, I was trying to think of a different Batman villain, like a different person who could serve mm-hmm. the Batman purpose in, in Suicide Squad. And I've not thought of one yet. But Jason Todd's mm-hmm. who I would have done, and they're doing it. So I will read that. Um, For my choice... um. Frank, help me out. I mean, may, maybe it's happened. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this really quick. I mean, she's been on the team. And, uh, she, she's a, a, a regular on it. But okay. in this role, like, like, I don't know why Wonder Woman isn't a leader of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. She's she usually has- like, she's always like, like top echelon. But I'm, I'm thinking of her like, just her warrior training and stuff like that. And I'm just seeing, I'm, I'm seeing her as kind of like a platoon general. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she's the one to me that makes sense to be like, like you know. You cut around to either side, like we're gonna go right. I just feel like, I feel like to see her as the actual leader of the team would be really refreshing. Mm-hmm. She's you know? she's gotten she's gotten a chance before, where it's um, it's when Giffen and Dematis leave. There's two Justice League books, and I believe she's one of them. And she's got like, give me a sec, I'll find it. Okay, but in any case, it doesn't happen terribly often. I kind of thought the Hawks would be better. One of the Hawks would be better. I thought. Just because they deal with a military force or whatever, they they, you know, they've been in the group. They're tacticianers, if you want to look at that aspect of it, you know, not mm. not the um, Egyptian one, but more along the lines of the Thanagarian one. Just because they're used to dealing with um, level of command or or you know that type of thing, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, Batman, definitely not Superman, or even. Um, Martian Manhunter being able to see things from different aspects through their eyes or whatever. I don't right. know. To me, they, they right. to me, they definitely usually turns out to be a popularity book as opposed to a, a, a strategic book in which they utilize their personalities and their powers in a better way that right. enables them to be a more of a cohesive team. Yeah. Her yeah. team consisted of, um, fire and ice, boodle, uh, beetle, boodle, beetle and booster, but booster's got the big bulky <laughs> armor. Um, the Ray, Guy Gardner when he had a yellow ring. Uh, okay. And Maxima. Oh, Maxima's fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's my, but to actually answer the question, I'll say quickly. And again, it, it's it's never zero. Um, he's been on it before, but I want to see him utilize more. It's Steel. Steel on the Justice League. Okay. Steel as the tech guy on the Justice League. I think that there's such a such a leveling up you can do with him. Because he could be, he could be the genius. He could be the tech guy, and and to make him a little bit more, also like he's the Superman, uh, family member, but also like I mean, he's kind of Iron Man too. Yeah. Um. So. Kind of. I th- I th- I think <laughs> I think Steel is so I think Steel is so underutilized. <laughs> so. Anyway, as always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on Let Me Know How It Is Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media. And thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one.